Good afternoon and welcome to the latest edition of Lunchtime Learnings. Absolutely delighted to be joined by um, Andy Neal from Andrew and & Co, Warner Gray and an American office in Florida. So um, does things, doesn't do things by half here. So incredibly busy. Um, Andrew is um, one of the founder members of Andrew & Co that's been going 11 years. So Andrew, welcome. Thanks Thank very you. much. Um, really grateful to give you time. Um, so tell us how you got into um, a state agency in the first place and how you've grown your business to, um, well, maybe five offices, maybe six if you include America. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for having me on, first of all. No, how I got into state, interesting one, how I got into it just by chance. I mean, I'm going back 20, almost 21 years now. I was selling suits in a, for Mossbros and I was um, dealing with this chap one day, spent about an hour with him. You know, I wasn't going to have much commission out of it, but I thought, you know, given the time he deserves, spent about an hour, bought a couple of suits and he went off. But, um, the next day he come back in and said, here's my card. If you ever want to be an estate agent, give me a call. And he worked for one of the big corporate agencies. So I thought that night I spoke to my wife or my girlfriend at the time, she's now my wife, and said, should I do this? And, uh, you know, why not? I believe in do something and learn later. So just why not? Took the chance and never looked back. And then, yeah, here we are today. Amazing. So going from um, fitting people's suits to mm. being an estate agent. So um, what were your first lessons when you started in the agency? Where, where did you start at? Started for a corporate agency in a little town called Faversham, but it was it was phenomenally busy back then. I mean, I was in 2000. 2000 just to, just towards 2001 well actually 2001 I think I remember my first week was when Twin Towers happened and it was just all what's going on in the world you know just trying to sell houses and then the thir first thing I ever sold was a houseboat um, <laughs> literally on my second day so it's really strange introduction to selling houses you know but but really good I enjoyed it it just it felt it just felt natural to me I really enjoyed what I was doing yeah brilliant so um how did you go then from um, working for an agency to becoming your home, your own boss? What made you decide to do that and open your own agency? Um, so from the corporate I first started, I went to work for an independent who's now my next door neighbor. Um, and I've been there a little while, but I, and I was a sales manager. Then I had the associate partner above me and a director above him. So although I was a sales manager, I wasn't really going nowhere. There was no progression. I actually went to work for Zoopla when it worked as Property Finder at the time. Okay. And I was a sales rep for Property Finder. Then they got bought out by Zoopla. And I was probably the top salesperson in the region. You know, I was doing really well. Um, wasn't really my cup of tea, but just gave me an insight to the online world because it was obviously at that point it was changing loads, you know, 12 years ago. And I got, I got offered a chance to, to run an estate agency for a little old man in his 80s who was like giving up his office in a little village and said, why don't you come in and be self-employed and run my business? But it just didn't work out. So after about three or four weeks, I just said, I can't do this. So I sat down with my father-in-law and he said, well, why don't you go alone? And I just, we sat there and again, I thought it was one of those opportunities where I'm going to do it and learn how to do it when I do it. So we, we set up Andrew and Co, you know, over a cup of tea one night and then, yeah, that's 2009. Never look back. And then the rest uh, is history. Absolutely. Brilliant. So, um, when you first opened then and you set up on your, on your own, how did you find that? How did you go out? Because there's a lot of people that we've got that are watching here that are thinking, you know, I want to go by myself. I know mm. what's going on at the moment, but how do they go out and get those first properties? Do you know, it, it was tough because I opened up in the recession 2009. It was it was tough. And, and a few people said, you're, you're nuts. Why do it now? 
And I said, well, look, if I can make it work in the toughest possible time, I'll make it good when it's a good time. So it was tough. I had no salary, you know, next to no income, you know, touting, going out knocking on doors. It was tough, but it was just a matter of knocking on doors, you know, leaflet, 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 not just doing leaflets and thinking, why isn't the phone wrong? Doing leaflets and doing them again next month, you know, and doing them every single month consistently. I had a good good location and it wasn't as good as we got now but it was still a off the high street location which i think regardless of all the online agents out there today i believe high street presence is critical i, I really do believe that and you know we've got five prominent locations that people know us it builds your brand it's in the public eye um but it's just a lot of groundwork you know you don't be don't be afraid to get your sleeves rolled up and get out there and, and, and do it you know, people, no one owes you anything you're not going to come to you for nothing you know Okay, so you talked there about my favourite C word, consistency. So, um, you know, what were you doing to be that disciplined to get out month in, month out to be doing that door knocking, that um, leafleting? I, had, you know, I had incentives at the time. Um, six months after opening the business, my son was born. He was born at home. I delivered him at six twenty in the morning with my wife, uh, you know, and my mum was there. She's a midwife. I was hands on, but by nine o'clock, I was in the office. It was literally. Good job, love. I've got to go work, and and it was again. It was just getting out and and delivering things through doors or on the market with our agents, finding agents that are, or houses that have been on the market for a long time. They may be sick of their agent, so I was taking that stock that was maybe difficult to sell. But that you know they're the kind of people that were willing to jump and try different agents because they're fed up with what they've been doing or the agent hasn't been doing. And it's just a matter of just a keep on consistently following up with people, knocking on doors. Money's in the follow up. It really is. So just follow up, follow up, follow up until you get it. Until they tell you, don't ever bother me again, keep going. Because <laughs> you know, so, eventually they're going to come to you. They, they will remember you. Okay, brilliant. So going from, did you go from one office to four or five straight away or did you go from one no. to two? One to two, um, opened, opened the second one about a year and a half after the first one in a sleepy little town, um, lid on sea, if anyone knows it, right down on the coast. Um, then we progressed into New Romney from there. So we opened that one. Um, and, and I just, you know, I've always had a philosophy. If the right agent comes along, employ the agent and build an office around that person. So we had a couple of opportunities where somebody wanted to come and work for us and they were great at their job, but they wouldn't have fit in what we already had in terms of the office, the locations. So we then found an opportunity to open an office to fit that person because we knew they'd make it work. You know, so we, we, we carried on like that. And it was just looking for opportunities in, in places, maybe not right in a town, but in just outside of town that had a lot of footfall. And, and we progressed that way. Um, so yeah, we got to the we got to four Andrew & offices and then we bought the Warner Gray brand uh, 2017, 2008, yeah, 2017. Okay, so, um, and that's a pretty high-end brand. So how do you find um, with the different markets? Um, the, the good thing about Warner Gray, we kept it Warner Gray, kept it separate because it's it's very well known in the, the market that it's in. So we kept it separate. It runs itself, employed someone that is fantastic in that area of, of, of value, of, of marketing. It runs itself. It's really busy because especially in today's market with the COVID, everyone's moving out of London and coming down here. So one in four of our buyers come from London. So the brands run completely separate. In fact, I actually had a valuation couple of weeks ago and they said we've also got warner gray coming out i said well 
let you in a little secret <laughs> it could be me coming to see you so you know we won the listing because there's no point having the two agents out so we do work together but we try to keep it separate and it works quite well okay that's great thank you so um america okay so you open you went to america you open there yeah did um the driving force behind it was my love of florida i've been going there since i was about five i'm, I'm 41 now i've been going there since i was a kid my uncle lived moved there in the 80s just holidays every summer was just I fell in love with it um my wife also had the same impression with her family and they actually moved out there about six years ago so my my father-in-law and a friend of his set up a brokerage as we call them over there with himself and then I transferred over there in June of 2017 to go in and help them run it so it was a it was a joint venture and then we acquired some other agencies down in Fort Myers in South Florida, which has about 70 odd agents. So between Orlando and Fort Myers, we have, we have uh, three offices. Wow, amazing. Mm. So what are the similarities and differences that you've noticed between, uh, um, between the states and, and between here? There's probably more differences than there is similarities. The, the, the process is the same. You show somebody a house, you sell a property, I don't like to say sell a property. You sell someone's home. Property's soulless word. I think you're selling someone's home. We need to remember that. It's someone's home we're selling. The, the, the big thing over there is they're more demanding of your time. So it's not 9 to five thirty job. And it's not here anymore. But in the States, it was, if I go on holiday, my phone and laptop go with me at all times because people don't give you holiday. You're working for that person 24 hours a day to sell their property and they're more demanding of your time because they pay you a lot more money you've got to be willing to to do the hard work you know i don't mind laying on a sunbed with a beer on the phone talking to clients that's fine but i'm still working you know so you, the difference over there is there is no time off you know you've got to i had to adapt quite quickly but not only that it's i went to a market where there was fifteen thousand individual agents because every agent you might work for keller williams for example but there's you're still an independent agent working for yourself. So I was in a market, one of the busiest markets in America because Orlando is the biggest tourist place ever. So everyone's a realtor because they think they can sell all these homes. But the reality is the average agent in America sells four homes a year. My first year I saw 28. So, you know, again, it was just getting in there, doing work and doing the hard stuff. You know? Okay. And, and so where, God, I've got loads of questions for you. So um, one, it must be lovely to get 6% fees over there. So was that a shot? Was that, a, I suppose, more importantly, when you came back or when you went over there mm. and you saw the difference in fees, um, mm. maybe that's why they only do four transactions a year. Uh, yeah. You know, why do the, you know, how do the Americans justify getting 6%? I know that maybe 3% um, seller and 3% from the buyer um yeah. whether you can act for both on both transactions i'm sure you tell me but that's a massive difference in investments in services you know where especially as the average uk fee here is is mm. about one percent yeah the thing is over there you don't have to justify your fee because people expect to pay it i had instances where i i had one seller say to me andy if i pay you seven percent we put more effort in my house so well, look, I'm going to pay effort in at 6%, believe me, but give me a 7%. Yeah, it's going to incentivize me even more. And it's going to incentivize the buyer's agent at 3.5% as opposed to 3 So over there, they don't mind paying you money because they know you're out there to sell it to two markets. My job as a realtor in Florida 
was to sell it to my fellow agents. My, most importantly, sell it to my fellow agents. So then they go and sell it to their buyers. You know, if I sold it to my own buyers, which is very rare, I'd get the full 6%, which is amazing. It's very rare that happens. You know, so it's, it's a completely different mindset when it comes to fees. They don't, it's hardly a conversation. And then you never get chosen on fee, ever. You know, so it's, it's completely different over here. It's too scared to ask for anything more than one and a half percent over here because they'll kick you out. You know? <laughs> so how did you manage then? To, so 28 is fantastic. So well done to you. So, mm. you know, how did you manage to make um, 28 um, home sales? So the first thing I'd done was hire a coach and I hired Tom Ferry, who, as you all know. Tom Ferry is um, exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. So I hired Tom Ferry. And one of the first things he said was get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that resonated with me a little bit because it is uncomfortable when you're doing stuff you don't like doing. Being on camera for the first time is horrible. But, and it's not comfortable. But my mindset was get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I live by that now. Um, and it was just having a lot. The problem with there being so many realtors in the States is that it might be someone's auntie got their license because they're friends on the market or they, you know, they sell one house or two houses a year because they just got a license. They didn't do it full time. But over there, agents are very lazy. You think here we're, we're, we're listing however many homes we list a month. We're constantly working over there. They list one house. And they think that's enough because they're, they're okay with earning 3% on a half a million dollar house. And that's enough money for one month. So a lot of agents don't sell a lot because they're lazy. And I found over there, if you work hard, you will get, a lot of income, a lot of transaction. It's all cold calling in the States, completely cold calling. That's how you get your business. You sit there all day and you get knocked back after knockback, but eventually one of them is going to say yes. And that makes you want to call the next 200 knockbacks to get that other yes. You know, So an agent like that don't like doing it. There's some, don't get me wrong, there's some amazing agents earning millions of dollars over there, but the majority are lazy and they don't like doing the work. And that was where I, I, I done well because I was happy to get out there and do it. I had to prove myself. So, so I think Tom Ferry is one of the best coaches in the in the world. Yes, so, yeah. um, what did you learn from Tom? Um, Share some of his nuggets. Share his gold. Yeah, Tom's big belief is you get up early before everyone else. Everyone's still asleep. You're you're doing most of your work to set your day up before everyone's even up. You have, you do your affirmations in the morning. I wasn't big into affirmations, but his big thing is get up. You do your affirmations, what you're grateful for. You get your mindset. You do a bit of reading. You get yourself ready for when 8 o'clock comes, you're starting calling people while everyone else is having breakfast. It's his, from what I learned from Tom, is all about structuring your days, being consistent, and being consistently good at what you do, and being committed. It's all about commitment. Level 10 commitment is his motto. You know, He's got a whole level thing, branded T-shirts and things, You know, and just doing the work getting out there and doing the work, making your phone calls. They do events where you go to these events and everyone's bouncing off each other and they're making their calls in front of each other. It's, it's fantastic. You know, they really get you motivated. And you have a weekly, weekly call with your coach, it'll kick your butt if you haven't done your calls. They target you to do your calls. It's up to me if I do it and I'm paying this guy to, you know, kick my butt to do it. So you're motivated to want to do it. So I think... The structure and the, the consistency is what he's really good at. Okay. Well, we've got um, Andy Overman on here watching. So, hi, Andy. Hi, Damien. Hi, Eddie. Um, Eddie says he misses a cold calling. I don't know whether you are out in the States, Eddie, as well. 
Um, but we were very fortunate that um, Tom came over here and mm. spoke at the um, Spicer Heart Conference. That's what I remember, yeah. And Lou Candy and myself managed to um, do a Facebook Live with him for mm. about an hour. And Tom Panos was also there as well. Oh, yeah. so we managed to um, do Facebook Live with um, both of them. And mm -hmm. it was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. And they were just talking and um, we felt like we were flies on the wall where we shouldn't yeah. be there um, listening to what they were saying. Morning or oh, afternoon, Pete. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's all for his phenomenal. Very so did you go, you, you went to his summit. Um, yeah, there's a load of their events. Yeah, we, we go to about four events a year around the States. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really good. So, no, because um, I follow Tom and get all his, listen to all his podcasts as well. So, yeah. Not if you're not watching Tom Ferry, you should be go onto his YouTube channel, mm -hmm. go onto his um he's got a blog um where he sends out loads of great stuff and it's really, really useful. And the best thing is the content's free. Mm -hmm. uh, it is. And then if you want somebody to hold you accountable, then it's great. Mm. So having a coach, I mean, you know, let's let's just go down that route and then I want to bring it back and ask you a few other questions. So you talked about accountability there and somebody yep. kicking your butt. Why do you think that's so important to have a coach? It, it just, it keeps you motivated because to me, he wasn't my boss. He wasn't, I'm not accountable to him really because he's just, he's just a coach, but I'm paying him to do something for me. So I want to make sure that my money one is well spent. But I know if I do the right things, by listen to him, that's a proven genius in this field. I'm going to do well. You know, so, in a way, sometimes if I hadn't done the amount of calls he'd set me, I was a little bit worried about what he's going to say to me. He's going to tell me off. You know, it gets you in that mindset of, oh, that's like a teacher. I'm going to get told off and not doing my calls. So it makes you want to do it. But not only that, if I have an issue and I'm in a new market, a new country, just pick up the phone and have a conversation. And it's just the way they help you do stuff is fantastic. You know, I can't – look at all the best teams in the world. They'll hire the best coaches. You know, the guys are training are fantastic what they do. But they get better and better with the right coaching. Yeah, I remember. I'm sure he told the story that um, he got somebody to say, right, if you make this amount of calls, that's fantastic. But if you don't message me at the end of every day, I'm going to send you a present and you're going to have to eat that present. And it was cat food. Yeah, uh, surprised me. <laughs> yeah. That, that, but not only that, they do things where, because obviously in America, you've got different time zones. So I was on the East Coast. So in the morning, we'd have one of his top coaches um, and we'd do a session like this, but everyone would be on the call doing their live cold calling while the coaches on there gene you up and you post, got a call, got an appointment, got an appointment. So everyone's like watching each other around the country. And then the next hour, someone else would take over and it would finish with Tom on the West Coast. And it, it was just this buzz of one day, I think we booked across the country, like three and a half thousand valuations just from cold calling. And it's just this buzz that they give you to make you want to do your calling. It's, I enjoy cold calling. So what have you brought back from your time in the States then? So uh, you must be uh, the best prospecting company in Kent. It's different. The, the prospecting we do here is different to what you do there because over there there's so many for sale by owners that are basically saying to you, I want to sell my house, but I'm trying to do it myself because I don't, know, I don't want to pay you the fee. But in reality, if I knew what you you know you're due for them you can sell it for more money in the first place so the difference over here is we don't know who our sellers are until they come to them tell us 
But in America, they're telling you they want to sell their house. So you pick up the phone and you've got really good leads to call. So over here, we're doing lots of leafleting, things like that. But that's just all standard stuff. But I think what, in a way, it's being in America has taught me to have some downtime over here. We still work in the evenings. We have WhatsApp groups of our solicitors and our sellers. But it's taught me more than anything to have some downtime because I never got it in the States. But it's also taught me the importance of marketing. So I know that everyone's doing video in the UK now, but they never used to. When I went to the States, everyone done video, but not just, you know, a mobile phone and do a selfie. It was a proper video. We I employed professionals to do videos. That's part of earning a 6% fee. You don't, spend, you don't mind spending $2,000 to market a home. It's a risk, but you do it because you know you're going to earn a good fee. You wouldn't see that here. But we now, you know, especially on a Warner Grey brand, every single property has a professional video that we pay a few hundred pounds for. So it's taught me that you can't just click, click and point and click a, phone, a, a camera anymore. You've got to do the right things. You've got to market properly and you've got to put the effort in. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. So you talked about WhatsApp groups there. Mm -hmm. um, and you've got solicitors and you've got your yeah. colleagues in there. And how do you find that? Is that something, again, that works really well for you? Really well. Sellers love it. I mean, if they can just WhatsApp us and go, what's going on? You know, they know that we've seen it. We can't hide behind our emails and say we never got it. So it's, it's putting ourselves in the firing line. But that, again, keeps you motivated to get what they want. And some of the solicitors we have good relationships with, they don't mind being in a WhatsApp group at eight o'clock at night, you know, updating what's going on. So just communication, absolutely key. And, and again, from the States, I didn't have an office phone like we do here. My mobile was my my life and every single seller had it. So I get hounded all the time. And again, same here. We give out our mobile to clients here now because we're, we're an all-in service. We are all in now. It's not a 5.30, we shut and we go home. We're all in. You know, and that's that's key. Okay, so one of the things that fascinates me here in the UK is that 95% of agents have no stay in touch policy. Right. Um, the Americans I've always found have been pretty good and they have various touch points along the way yeah. after you've bought a property. So, again, is there anything you've bought back from the states that you're now implementing and got a really good stay in touch policy? Yes, interesting point. In with the MLS, they give you lots of tools, and one of them is um, that no one ever uses in the States, but they should. It's a tool that sends out automatic updates on the market in that area for that person. So I do that on every single person. I can see when they've read it. And, and, I, and I obviously moved back here over a year now, not much activity. But only last week, the week before, I had a call from someone that I, I saw as a cold call prospect, wasn't ready at the time. And she emailed me last week or phoned me last week and said, I want to put a house on the market. It's $750,000 listing at 6% because I kept standing in touch. I didn't stand in touch, but the system allowed me to do it. So it looked like I was standing in touch. So we've taken on some software here in the UK that allows us to do the, the, the introduction and the follow-up for as long as we set it for. And like I said at the start of the conversation, the money is in the follow-up. It really, really is. And again, like you say, there's so many, I've seen it even in our own business where other homes gone on the market and you look back through your database and haven't been contacted since, since the, the email went out or the letter went out after the valuation. If we would have carried on calling them weekly, we're front of mind that we would have won so much more business. So we've definitely upped our game in terms of follow-up now, massively. Okay, so um, are you allowed to share what the name of that product is? I'm allowed to share whether I want to. I don't know, my <laughs> competitors might be watching it. <laughs> but it's out there, it's out there. You go, on, you go on to Kafafu, okay. they're really good and yeah. 
Okay, so for me, one of the best tools out there is Akaboom. That's the uh, one. <laughs> there, yeah. it, there you go. So yeah. I, th I think Akaboom is exceptional. I think, really good. Um, I think it does make a massive difference. Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic that you can send the pre-appraisal, um, um, I suppose, video or whatever or slide, mm. and you can see what they're opening on. So if True. they're opening on marketing, right, that's what I'm going to talk about on the appraisal. I love the fact that as soon as you walk out the appraisal within 30 seconds, you can send them a templated personalized message mm. yeah. uh, marketing report. And I love the fact after that you can um, you can see exactly when they're reading it. They can, you can um, see when they're opening it and straight away you've got access to call them. And they go, oh, that's a bit strange. Mm. I was thinking about you. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and you've also got the instruct me one. Yeah. And then I think you're spot on, I think what i think is exceptional as well is what you've just said so you know to have a stay in touch policy so if something similar comes up in their road then actually straight away you can send it to them and you get an idea mm -hmm. um so really good hi sarah thank you and goodbye hi ben nice to see you hi God, we've got a few people now rob harry thanks very much for joining us here you go popular in kent there you go, there you go look at that very good so thanks very much so yeah so i think i think Akiboom is exceptional mm. one thing i want to come back to and you mentioned um you touched on it and finding the right people and you actually put them in the right places and open branches with them is recruitment mm -hmm. so um you know obviously you are very good at recruiting what tips would you had for people watching today to go out and recruit? I mean, you said about, you know, finding these right people, they're self-employed, they're going in there. How did you come across them? One of the, one of, one of the keys for us is, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think a lot of agents in this country look at other agents as, oh, the other agent, the competitor, don't like them. Build relationships with your fellow agents, you, you know, not only do you get to know more about them as a person if, if you want to employ them, you get to know more about them as a competitor and how they run their business. You know, we've, we've got to know so many agents over the years that I know that there's some out there I wouldn't touch a barge pole in terms of employing, but others, others I'd love to employ. In fact, right now we're looking for a manager in one of our offices and we're really carefully looking at certain people who we want. And I must, it's tough. It really is at the moment because there's not, when you look for a manager, you need specific attributes. And it's finding the right person to, to fit your brand. Not everyone's going to fit. You, know, you might be the best salesperson in the world, but it doesn't mean you're going to fit within our company. Um, so building relationships with your competitors is really important, I think. Really important. Okay. And then how do you go about and build the culture of your team as well? Um, well, they, they a lot of them will know about us before they come and join because going back to employing those people that know about us. So we do a lot of in-house training, uh, myself and Matt. You know, we've been doing it a long time, so we we try to get them to work along to our our methods, and and, and build it that way. I mean, we're I like to think we're quite an, an open, straight talking agent. My my philosophy is people buy from people. You know, I might have the best software in the world, and I might be the best salesman in the world, but if I'm a if someone don't like me, they're not going to use me, are they? So it's about all your people and and making sure people treat people the way that they want to be treated. You know, it's an old saying, but it's true, isn't it? Yeah. 100%. So if I'm starting tomorrow, what sort of onboarding would you give me? Um, first thing I'll do is probably sit you down with one of our senior managers just to listen, just to shadow, 
follow what they do, learn what they do. Uh, but not only that, we do a lot of training. You know, you've done training with us in the past. Lots of Tom Ferry stuff and make them watch that. So we do lots of things to get them into the mindset of how we want to be. Um, take them out with us. They, they come out on valuations and, and viewings with us as well. So we're trying to do as much as we can without fun in deep end. But most of the time, anyone that comes to work with us has got experience. They know what they're doing. It's just adapting to our way of working. Okay. It's very rare. We'll take, I can't remember last time we employed someone that hadn't had experience in the industry. Okay. Um, and what about yourself? You know, obviously you had Tom Ferry as a coach. What are you doing to continuously learn and improve? Um, well, I think COVID's making us adapt to things, isn't it? We, we, I think change is forced upon us at the moment. Um, so we're always looking at ways to not streamline, but do things differently. And in fact, after the first lockdown, when Livon was cutting back and getting rid of people, we employed more people because I sensed that there was going to be a bottleneck of, of, of people before the stamp duty announcement. And luckily we were right. You know, we're lucky enough to have everyone back working safely at the moment um so we're, we're still we're still busy it could be busier but we're having to adapt with you know with technology with videos people a lot of people hate doing videos but every crap video that i do is better than my competitors that don't do them you know so it's just adapting to the modern times i guess and what sort of videos do you find um have more success and work well the best ones, well, we do, depends on the on the, on the the property. Our Warner Grey brand is lots of soft music and lots of things in the house that make it pop, you know, like not, not staging, but really high-end videos with drones and, and walkthrough videos. Lettings, is, is, we, we let most of our properties off of a, a walkthrough video of a handheld gimbal. We do the same for, for sales as well. So we do a video on every property, send it to the applicant before they view it, and it, it eliminates time wasters. So video is really important, but I think people like to engage with people. So having yourself in a video with one of your colleagues filming you walk around and show the house as if they're a viewer is really good. It's not it's not nice. It's not comfortable being a camera, but just do it anyway, because it shows the house more. Be enthusiastic about what you're showing rather than just walk around and point into the house, point things out in person. It works, works much better. 100 percent. So I'm really grateful for your time and thank you very much. Well, well one well two final questions so any books you can recommend or podcasts i know you've spoken about tom ferry um that yeah. you really you really rate and have resonated and made a difference with you yeah so another guy i know is a guy called ryan serhan in new york yeah I met ryan ryan Good. i yeah. guess so when you speak to him next oh, i don't speak to him anymore you, i mean can you give him a nudge I can email. I got his email. We spoke on email a few times. And I met him. I went to. He had a very exclusive uh, event he'd done with a thousand people. And got to meet him and speak to him for a little while. And he, he's brilliant. I, you know, I, I actually joined his. Um, he had a, a coaching program that he'd done, and it was, there's lots of live sessions on there, so you can talk. And he's great. Really, really good the way he does stuff. I'd read his book, Sell, Sell It Like Sirhan. That's a really good book. Um, Gary Keller's book as well, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, is a good book as well. I'd recommend reading that one. Yeah, yeah, I've read that. Okay, and final question. So thank you. Knowing what you know now, if you were starting again, what would you do differently? What would I do differently? I don't know if I would. I'm, I'm quite pleased with the way things have gone. Um, I'd introduce 
it's hard to say because I wouldn't know back then about video and things, but looking back, if you know, we had phones, we should have done things a lot sooner. Um, it's hard to say. You stumped me that one because I'm quite pleased the way that the business is going. Um, I don't know, I guess, I guess using our database more would be something I'd, I'd do more and, and we are starting to do more because our database is a goldmine of people that are out there looking to sell at some point that we don't even talk to. So that's something, again, this year we're implementing more. It's going back through our database and speaking to old people. So I would, I would be on the phones more. You know, from being in the States, being cold calling, be on the phones more because that phone, I used to put a label on my phone saying, I earn you money. So I'd pick it up. All right, so be on your phone more, find your buyers. Might be boring, but it's going to earn you money. Couldn't agree more. My favourite subject. Andy, thank you so much for your time. Incredibly thank grateful. Thank you all for watching. Really appreciate it, whether you're watching or listening on replay. Next Tuesday, um, subject to nothing going on in the world of politics, um, I'm going to be joined by Kevin Holland-Rake, the MP um and i don't know whether to say um ex-owner of hunters but i know that's going um through with um the property franchise group so i'm excited to have kevin on and next thursday i'm going to be joined by ian story who's exceptional agent um i'm going to learn more about his journey and his story so thanks very much for joining me and thanks Pleasure. for joining andy um and look forward to seeing you all again listening next tuesday have a good rest of the week everybody thank you Cheers, David. thank you